0: Hi, everyone. I'm Emily. And I'm Vince. And this is The Lighthouse Lowdown. (laughs) 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 I had a little dance with that one that Vince could see.
1: A coffee fueled dance. Yeah. With a little, I don't know if you picked it up on the mic, a little.
0: little, It's the nitro cold brew coming in hot.
1: Or high energy. We're high positivity. It's a good morning. Happy Saturday. I don't know if it's a Saturday when you're listening, but it's Saturday when we're recording. So,
0: (laughs) yeah, we're so our episode today is going to be an interview with Toby Smith, who is fighting to um, have the rights to Paradise Island Lighthouse and do some renovating on it and a bunch of other ideas. So, we're going to talk to him and hear what the plans are for Paradise Island Lighthouse.
1: That's right. Zoom in on the Bahamas. Yeah. Hello. Whoa. And then Nassau, shortly across from Nassau, there is Paradise Island, uh, which we talked about previously called Hog Island. Yes. Listen to our last, last episode. episode if
0: you so don't know what we're out. talking about.
1: Check that one out. And then this one we talk with Toby Smith. Um, very interesting story.
0: Hey, Toby, can you hear us?
2: I can indeed.
0: Hey, how's All it going?
2: Right. All is well. Thank you very much. How are you guys both doing?
0: We're good. We're good. We got our coffee and some kolaches uh, going on.
2: <laughs> the coffee and what's these?
0: Kolaches.
2: Uh, <laughs> I'll not explain that one. Okay.
0: They're right like on. little dough pockets of stuff.
2: <laughs> nice. All right. Well, I just had my coffee, so uh yeah. Well, thanks yeah. very much for inviting me to be on this call with you guys. I appreciate it.
0: You bet. We're excited to have you. Um we're actually already recording, so I'll go ahead and just kind of explain what our podcast is all about so you know what you're appearing on um, right. We are the lighthouse Lowdown we're a lighthouse history podcast where we cover one lighthouse per episode and just talk about its history um current events, what it looks like, what's been going on with it so um our last episode, Vince was the host and he talked about Paradise Island lighthouse and um As the co-host, you don't know anything about The Lighthouse while the episode is going on, so he got to tell me all about it, and we're excited to have you on here and kind of tell us more.
2: Excellent, lovely. Okay, well, thank you very much again for for having me on it, and um, that's a really cool, I guess, uh, would you call it a hobby to be uh, (laughs) hosting this Lighthouse Lowdown?
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're trying to reach a little bit of a younger crowd than um there's another podcast lighthearted which is run by the us lhs and uh, we try to make it a little bit more hip for the young people (laughs) okay (laughs) well
2: i will try i will try my best then
0: all right vince do you have any you want to i guess toby you can start off just by telling us a little bit about you and how you came to have the paradise island lighthouse
2: yeah, so uh, I used to pass the lighthouse back when I was uh, about 15 years old onwards in the boat, and I watched it uh, slowly become more and more dilapidated, and I learned from another art project that if uh, if I'm not there to fill the gap and to do the work and restore something, then who is? So I stepped up to the plate with some other restoration work, and The same thought came to mind that if this lighthouse isn't going to get maintained and fixed up, then uh, who better person to do it than me?
0: Right, right. That's awesome.
2: So uh, I started the journey 11 years ago, and uh, I am going through the process of what's required with government to go ahead and do it.
1: That's so wild. Toby, um, your signature line in your emails with us reads, uh, Captain Toby Smith, Lighthouse Keeper. So it sounds like you're also an entrepreneur and, uh, dare I say, artist. Right. So,
2: yes, uh, <laughs> yes, on both.
1: <laughs> that's amazing. So how did so you saw the lighthouse, it was part of your uh, experience being a local growing up. Um, what does it take to actually acquire that land? I mean, I know we'll get into more subjects here because I've already, uh, I've already cheated and listened to some of your other podcasts, but. Uh, what does it take to actually purchase the land and then start to get into the restoration? What does it look like? Right. to start?
2: So a lot of a lot of patience. Um, in order to apply, I haven't actually the the, the the process isn't ultimately to purchase the land. The lighthouse sits on what's called crown land, which mm-hmm. belongs to the Bahamian people. And it's administered by the government of the Bahamas. So the process is to apply, put in an application for crown land, which I did, and after eight years of trying, I um, I landed a lease in my lap, um, and then things start getting a bit a little bit dicey, and we're trying to straighten those things out now.
0: So, what is the lease exactly like? What is that? What is all encompassed in the lease?
2: So the lighthouse sits on the western portion of Paradise Island, and there's approximately 16 and a half acres of crown land on the western portion. And uh, I have a lease of two acres around the lighthouse and three acres on the beach parcel. So the project is to fully restore the Paradise Island lighthouse that formerly was called the Hog Island Lighthouse, and it's going to be supported by the revenues that we generate at the beach club in order to do the restoration free of charge so that there's no restoration bill to the Bahamian public nor to the Bahamian government. Wow.
1: <laughs> That's so exciting. So yeah. the, the uh, let's see, uh, I listened to your lighthearted episode 154, which was about a year ago. I think it was January yeah. of 22. So yes. in that episode, you walked uh, the through the plans for the land. But would you do that again for us? Would you tell us what all the plans include?
2: Yeah. So starting with the lighthouse, um, it is to fully restore the lighthouse, put in a proper um, replacement light rather than the harbor market that's up there now. Uh, still maintain as much as we can the original wood that is there but to make it more safe and sound it would be to do whatever replacements that we need to and it's to use uh you know repurposed wood or wood for instance that uh, from pines that that um got hit by hurricane dorian from abaco it's a really strong wood and we'd like to repurpose that i think is a is a fit in memory to those that were lost in abaco for um hurricane dorian so fully restore the lighthouse mm-hmm. Fully restore the Lighthouse Keepers' Quarters. Um, We're in touch with three of the children of the last Lighthouse Keeper, Mr. Hall, who was out at the Paradise Island Light until 1968. Um, So to fully restore the Keepers' Quarters and to install a dock so that people can access it safely and have historical and cultural tours and be able to be walked through in several languages um, the site itself, there's there's lots of histories and mysteries out there to be explained. And you get a perfect view of Nassau to be able to explain what the other historical buildings are on Nassau from the top of the lighthouse. And then incredible. to fully develop a yes, beach club. So the beach club will be down the ways. Um, it's an absolutely stunning beach. It's the last piece of crown land that's left on Paradise Island. And... The beach is a commodity for us Bahamians. So it's a diminishing resource, so I'd like to be able to expand on the access so that people will be able to come over to the lighthouse and to the beach club, be able to grab a burger and a beer and relax in a safe, um, beautiful environment with a sustainable tourism product. Awesome! Yeah, so look. the land does,
0: <laughs> sounds like really amazing.
2: Well, we're trying to make. It like a utopia and the land will still remain the property of the bahamian people it's just a mm. just a lease um and i say it, it restores the lighthouse and the keeper's quarters for free so every element of what we're trying to do out there has to pass a very simple litmus test of is this best for the bahamas and is this best for bahamians
1: that's a great a great plan <laughs> we're trying <laughs> Well, it's, it's one hand shakes the other, really, of having yeah. something people want to come see that's absolutely gorgeous, just in the land itself, and then having right. the lighthouse be able to benefit and to thrive, and then also feed back into the attraction of that, that land.
2: Absolutely. And I think that historical and cultural tourism is something that is um, trending upwards. I think that uh, people that are not only lighthouse enthusiasts, but historical enthusiasts but i think that there's something and i'm sure that you share it do in the blog that there's magical things about lighthouses that people you know fall in love with these structures to the extent right. i mean i've fallen in love with this one and and got a new hobby of uh, of yeah loving lighthouses yeah.
1: we always pick the most expensive hobbies yeah. in this household
2: <laughs> between lighthouses and boats there's probably uh there's two front runners right there
1: yeah what was the, there's some acronym for boat, uh, bill out another thousand, B-O-A-T. You're exactly, you exactly
2: right, at least, yeah. Yeah. So, go ahead. As, as we see, the, the cruise, the, the Nassau cruise port has just expanded so that it's now the largest cruise port in, uh, in the Caribbean. Um, we've got what's predicted to be 7 million tourists as passengers passing into the harbor and passing our light um yeah it's it's four minutes from downtown um we want to maintain the natural beauty over there rather than just you know pushing down the native bush and flora and fauna fauna it's just Mm -hmm. to maintain in a natural setting um so that people can experience what i believe people are now turning towards is getting back to nature more
1: right so there's a uh, I looked up photos of course of your land and the lighthouse yeah. and what comes up are those cruise ships passing right by so they, yeah. they literally pass right by your land on the way to the harbor is that right
2: that's right I can I can literally depending upon the direction of the breeze standing at the top of the lighthouse I can literally have a conversation with people that are on the cruise ship yeah oh my god.
1: that's the best advertisement there
2: is <laughs> well yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're we're trying to we're trying to make it. We've we've picked up support over the years from from various other institutions and people, including the children of the the lighthouse keeper that was out there before, mm-hmm. or the environmentalists. We've engaged them. We've shared our plans. We're transparent and and take on their advice and suggestions. Um, the Nassau Cruise Port has endorsed us by a letter of support. Um, the Ministry and Minister, the Deputy Prime Minister of Tourism. He has given us um, his support as well as the ex um, minister of Tourism. So we, we've got a lot of local stakeholders, including environmentalists support um, et cetera, that have bought into this idea and so we're pressing on with trying to, uh, trying to bring it to fruition. That's
1: incredible. So these uh, seven million tourists come to Paradise Island, Hog Island itself. Um, no, but... they, they
2: come to Nassau Harbor Nassau. on the cruise lines, and then mm. and where they go from there, we'd like uh, we'd like to be able to welcome over them over to the to the beach club, I see. but on a sustainable level.
1: I see. Yeah, that'd be that'd be excellent. You got to find that right balance. Exactly um, right. Yeah, the monster on the island is the uh, the Great Atlantis Resorts, and uh, really, I don't know what else to call it, but it's it's much of the land on Paradise Island. Is that right?
2: Uh, It's a substantial uh, it it, it is a substantial resort in the in the whole Caribbean, let alone on on Paradise Island. Um, Yes. And and fortunately, we've we've picked up their support also that they, um, you know, we're working with each other through dialogue to make sure that um, that we that we fit in. And fortunately, Atlantis have, have brought into bought into that where. They um, they support our venture and and they're looking to um to help us in in many meaningful ways. So it it's it's kind of the opposite of what we're trying to do out there for us, mm-hmm. but there's a space and place for everybody, I feel. Yeah, gotta have friendly neighbors. Can't hurt. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> an interesting point indeed. So basically, I think that you know, Atlantis being uh, one of the highest Uh, employment contributors to the Bahamas and not only that but the the that those employment figures uh, with Bahamians is very important to me Um, and there's others that hire non Bahamians or you know bring up bring a crew off of the cruise ship in order to do things that Bahamians can do Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I don't agree with that principle.
1: Yeah, you can't take away that opportunity from locals. That's just, exactly, just not and right.
2: the money, the money, the, the money of of revenues that are earned by um, Bahamians in the Bahamas remains in the Bahamas. And I'd like to see as much revenue that's generated in the Bahamas remain here. And uh, I think there needs to be a bit of a shift in the balance between what cruise ships generate in the Bahamas and how much actually stays here in the country, so that we can benefit from it directly. Uh, financially, without mitigating, having to give up our our natural environment.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think it can be overstated um, from our, our research and our discussion that the amount of money in, in tourism that comes and then the money that goes away is really yeah. a shame. So it, it's exciting that you, a Bahamian yourself, is uh, is doing this work. So I think that's well, awesome.
2: Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And and sometimes it's a it's a lonely battle being at the front line, but It's, um, it's within my heart to do so. And as an advocate and somewhat of an activist, I think it's important that we, that we do find that balance.
0: Now, do you have a question? Yeah. Uh, so you were, uh, talking about how you were going to restore the lighthouse and I was wondering if it's still going to be an active guide to navigation when you're all finished with it.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. So, um, we're in contact with somebody that is in Florida that fabricates, um, uh, now na- lighthouse lights the lanterns and uh it's our hope that we can get him to make us either a brand new one or find a re- one that we can restore um but absolutely maintain it as a navigation aid it's a it's an important part of our historical tapestry There's there's a dozen lighthouses in the bahamas uh the hopetown lighthouse in abaco they just uh, are going through a renovation and restoration process now. And that's the last hand-wound kerosene fire lighthouse left in the world.
0: Wow. Uh,
2: and unfortunately, it's, it's the only lighthouse that's been restored in the Bahamas.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So all of the lighthouses, with the exception of Hoketown, um, could use a, a, a facelift. And what's better than a free facelift?
0: Right. <laughs> so,
2: Yeah. So it's absolutely to restore it to its former glory. It's absolutely to maintain it as a um, as a navigation aid. And incidentally, so I've gone to the Department of Archives and I've researched to find any, you know, communication literature. But the Hog Island Lighthouse was built before um, Trinity House was established in England with the Imperial Lighthouse Service. Mm -hmm. So there's not that much documentation or architectural plans and whatnot, because it simply wasn't consolidated at Trinity House. So one of the uh, I read a letter by a former lighthouse keeper of the Hog Island Light. And I can you can follow the the, follow the trail. And it was it was always referred to as not being a very strong light. Mm -hmm. So I hope to change that and make it a um, yeah, a a very bright light Mm -hmm. and when ships enter the harbor if if the harbor entrance is closed then they put a a red glass over the light called the chimney Mm -hmm. to let everybody know that it's you know red is danger and not to not to try and enter the harbor
0: yeah that's awesome Mm -hmm. so will people be able to climb the lighthouse when you're finished with it as well
2: yeah, so ultimately what we'd like to do is to be able to have an app on your phone that you can download and then listen in various languages so that as you move over the property of the lighthouse that it explains what you're seeing on the, on the horizon, uh, on land, and yeah, walk through when it was built, um, just really cool stories of, uh, of informing people of Bahamian history.
0: Yeah, that's a great idea. And we were just talking about um, when we were covering this lighthouse, Vince was telling me about um, if you go on, what is it? Like Travelocity or Yelp or something, uh, people would be like, oh, you can get to the lighthouse if uh, you yeah. go around a fence and you avoid these dogs and you do all this stuff. Yeah, we, we <laughs> yeah. So there's
1: some article I read um, that I shared and I put a heavy note before and after to to not do this. But someone had written an article about how to physically get to uh, your land through uh, right. someone else's land. And it, it was, yeah it involved jumping fences and running from dogs. And I was like, you know, just contact Toby. Uh,
2: it's <laughs> a trek. That's probably that's the a best good comment. And, and people have contacted me and it is a trek and, and it, it shows you the desire that people have for lighthouses because they do make that trek. And you're right. It is a, it is a trek. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people that go to Atlantis that see the lighthouse and, and you know make it their What someone told me yesterday on their bucket list to, to come out and see it. So it just goes to show you the lengths that people go through climbing over honeycomb rock and avoiding security and getting challenged by dogs. And it should be a lot, a lot easier. And that's why our plan is to, uh, is to put in a dock and have a, a ferry boat operate between downtown and the beach club and out to the lighthouse and, you'd be able to jump on and off as you please.
0: Yeah, that's a great idea. I feel like that would be very successful just because, I mean, this is kind of like a change of uh, subject, but lighthouses usually carry a lot of meaning locally. Um, They affect, you know, the culture, like Vince and I went to uh, the Outer Banks in North Carolina, and (laughs) Everywhere you looked, there were depictions of the lighthouses that uh, were around, and they talked about just millions of people coming to visit the lighthouses every year, which is where, you know, locally a lot of money would come from tourists and things. So, is that kind of what you see with this lighthouse too? Is a lot of local pride surrounding it?
2: Absolutely, yes. There, there is a lot of local pride, and you know, you don't. You don't miss something until it's gone. And we're really trying to make an mm-hmm. intervention to be able to make that available so that, you know, we're preserving it for future generations to be able to go out there. So, a lot of our history, unfortunately, has been uh, lost. And a lot of the history that's necessarily taught uh, directly or indirectly is only history that happened after our independence in 1973. Yeah. So, we're trying to go back beyond 1973 into you know very interesting stories and history that um we believe is going to appeal to a lot of people there's a lot of interest out there for it and you know it's it's not going to take much to blow the lantern room off of the top of the lighthouse it's been i've tried my best and you know that if that goes we're going to have to start from scratch as far as Mm -hmm. the lantern room itself. But um, yeah, we hope to intervene and preserve our natural history.
1: That's incredible. So, so Toby, you've been doing work on the lighthouse and the land yourself in this uh, in this time, this last couple of years, is that right?
2: Well, not really. I've, so we've been doing cleanups and we've been trying to uh, slow down the, the the process of dilapidation. Mm-hmm. Um, we've actually during COVID, uh, I've been trying my best as a as an owner of a couple of companies, I've been trying my best to keep my teams employed. Yeah. So during COVID, we were actually um, going through building out uh, a treehouse over at the beach club of keeping my, it was a good team building exercise and we get a result of a really cool treehouse at the end of it. Um, but we've done a lot of the cleanups and as things fall apart, we've been sort of keeping them so that we can reinstall them at a later date. But, yeah, we've been, we've been held back. We were, we were offered a lease by the previous administration of government, mm-hmm. and just a few short weeks after that, we were told by someone else in government, the attorney general, that our lease wasn't valid. So mm-hmm. I had to protect my interest, and I took the government to court to um, sue them to have my lease validated by the Supreme Court of the Bahamas. Uh, we've had the case. We've had the full hearing and a decision is is forthcoming uh and in the meantime yes we're actually going to get started and uh as far as I'm concerned our lease is valid and we're moving forward
0: awesome
1: tell us more about that yeah tell us more about that because last I heard I think was a year ago on the light hearted podcast that you were entering into this this legal battle what was that experience like
2: uh what was that experience like (laughs) well i i think my hand was forced and obviously we gotta we gotta protect our interests so what it was like was that i um so basically we we it was our eighth year of trying to get this lease that we finally got the lease and i've always been very guarded in my celebration even though Mm -hmm. you know getting the lease is a major milestone i had to be conservative in my in my euphoria in finally meeting that, that milestone. Um, and sure enough, it revealed itself just six weeks later, where I, I found out that the government had offered, uh, some of the same land, which had completely run over our beach parcel to wrap Royal Caribbean cruise lines. Um, so the prime minister, the ex prime minister, the shortest the shortest serving prime minister in the history of the Bahamas so far, uh, decided to double dip and offer the same piece of land to two parties. And I felt it appropriate to sue the government to protect our interests. Wow.
0: that's <laughs> uh, like about as bad as it could go.
2: <laughs> well, as bad as they want to try push it. But I drew a line in the sand, uh, literally, and I sent a photograph of it out into the press. And I um it was it was so when we were when we were ready to engage the government um we did so and we've fortunately gone through the full hearing um I'm not gonna I'm not gonna obviously comment on how I, I I'm not directing any anybody in the judiciary as to how they sure. should rule it but we're we're absolutely optimistic and hopeful that we get a ruling in our favor um that would make it a lot cleaner for everybody rather than create you know this doubt in this 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 muddy the waters unfortunately i think that it's um pressure by royal caribbean because they want to put in a beach club and they want to have all this crown land and they want to be able to charge you know bahamians a, a, a discounted rate to what their passengers will but only on days where royal caribbean doesn't have a ship in port which mm. you know they're it, the, the logic of charging Bahamians to access our own crown land beach in the Bahamas, when they already have a whole, a whole key of crown land to me is ludicrous. So I pushed back and I actually understand now that RCL have proposed to the government a smaller footprint uh, beach club, which uh, backs off of my boundaries. Oh, wow right so i'm waiting for it to be uh formally conceded but in the meantime if that's indeed the case then that's another victory for us um but again i have to i have to keep i have to contain my excitement that we've uh fought in a david versus two goliaths and it looks like toby's come out on top
1: <laughs> all right toby good work <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm with you on the uh, on the guarded celebration, but that is, yeah. uh, it was very interesting to hear you talk about that case. And uh, Royal Caribbean, do they have other, so the, you mentioned they have other crown land leasing. Is that on Paradise yeah. Hog Island itself or is that off on Nassau? Or...
2: So uh, Royal Caribbean actually brag about um, what they call Coco K, which mm. its indigenous Bahamian name is Little Stirrup Key. So I think it's uh, it, it's cultural misappropriation by mm-hmm. putting their own name on on our own island, mm-hmm. uh, and that entire island, yes, indeed, is is Crown Man. Um, Royal Caribbean also were negotiating with the government of the Bahamas to buy a hotel in Grand Bahama, uh, which the government paid sixty five million dollars for. And Royal Caribbean were trying to pick it up for, I think, about $15 million, where oh, no. they, were, they were looking for the Bahamian people to finance their purchase of this hotel, uh, where payments wouldn't start until uh, late next decade. Oh. <laughs> so, so they want to pick it up for a steal. They want the Bahamian people to, to fund it. And when this new administration government came in, they said that they are not. Uh, they're going to disengage from Royal Caribbean, and that went south and, and never materialized. But oh I think the Royal Caribbean were trying to leverage the fact that they might buy this property in Grand Bahama, and oh by the way, give us this crown land on Paradise Island uh-huh. um, as an incentive that we might, you know, actually go ahead and buy this hotel. So they had the they had the last government. Um, over a barrel, and I think that um, while this administration were in opposition, they said that any crown lease for Royal Caribbean that was done for Paradise Island that this administration will cancel that deal.
1: Hmm. And could you remind me, the, the new administration? When was that roughly coming into? Uh,
2: uh, that was see? that was September um september made a year no i beg your pardon they called an early election so uh minnis was the free national movement uh prime minister which is the last administration they were supposed to have general elections by september of last year he made the decision to call early elections and lost by a landslide oh,
0: no. so
2: <laughs> This this new administration has been in power for almost a year and a half. Okay.
1: okay. That's incredible. Yeah. So the, the Bahama Islands won their independence in, 50 years ago. From yeah,
2: a, that's right. Yeah.
1: So from England. I don't mean to go, it's just beyond what I know, but is this uh, the crown land and this type of dispute, has that been something that's been kind of recurring for different folks? Um, especially I assume when it comes to large amounts of money in these these large tourism companies I assume they have a big part in that
2: yeah unfortunately yes they do so uh, there's approximately when the, the last official number I think that it was that was posted by the government was that there is 35,000 applications that sit at the Department of Lands and Surveys for Crown Land and in in my uh, my purview, I believe that if somebody decides today that they want to apply for crown land, then they should be number thirty five thousand and one, mm. and they don't get their case heard until the decision is made on everybody else prior to them.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, RCL's application was certainly fast tracked, and um, having seen. A copy of their uh, their lease unfortunately it doesn't it doesn't mention exactly where the land is mm-hmm. or or a site plan and I met with rcl uh, about a year and a half ago almost two years ago, and they asked me a cop for a copy of, of my site plan so that they could consider putting a uh, a beach club on a reduced footprint over on Paradise Island. So I obliged, I sent them a copy of my site plan and they responded a few days later to say, well, don't worry, we've recently signed a lease with the government. Um, So, you know, no need to bother with you, Toby. So I said, okay, well, send me a copy of your site plan then, please. And they did. And what they sent me was my site plan that the government gave to me that had been uh, PDF highlighted and they were submitting that as being their site plan.
0: Oh my so gosh!
2: For a multi-billion international multinational company to be uh, to be swung that they don't even have a site plan or legal description in their lease, to me is is unfathomable. So
1: that's creative. Yeah. They broke out their highlighters and uh, gave you the old scan PDF back. That is incredible.
2: It it is incredible. So. Um, for for them to send me my own my own site plan. But you know the plot the, the, the plots thickened but I can't share all the details. But okay. I um there there's certain there's there, there, there's certain things that I don't think were done fairly nor rightly. And I've always uh, encouraged RCL to mm-hmm. you know come to the table and have a chat. And they said that Toby, your your fight is not with us, it's with the Bahamian government. You continue how you see fit, and we'll continue with our negotiations with the government. But getting back at the beginning of this, it was that um, you know, that, that balance, that economic balance of of what's fair for what Bahamians receive, given the fact of all these revenues being generated in mm-hmm. the Bahamas and how the cruise lines immediately export a lot of that revenue out in what's called leakage. Um, we're trying to bring that balance back and trying to convince us that, I mean, when Christopher Columbus first came to our shores in 1492, he came with you know a big ship with lots of promises in search for gold, gave the locals sort of beads and, and shiny, shiny objects, uh, trying to convince us to, to give up our goods. And and frankly, it seems as though nothing has changed now in modern day with people coming in big ships, making big promises, looking for gold, you know, exploiting what they can and taking out of the country. I think that Bahamians have to put their foot down and say that it's us that have the goods.
0: Yeah,
2: and it has to be a, a better, more balanced economic division with the with the locals, and that's why our project is only going to hire Bahamians. It'll only be Bahamian. Uh, products that are for sale over there um, and keep that money in the local economy and it will circulate many 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 times before it's exported in importing foreign goods
1: right yeah i think it'd be such a i hate to use the word value because it implies money but there'd be such a high value for people who visit tourists to meet you and work with bohemians and visit a bohemian site like you're talking about like the beach club to Indeed. to see something truly local rather than something that's constructed you know uh
2: yeah 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 so we're we're hoping that having looked at uh there's there's other i mean we've got 700 islands and keys in the bahamas and one of the one of the places that's highly successful is is where the last um last lighthouse that i referred to the hopetown lighthouse mm-hmm. is situated uh and they actually it's nicknamed hollywood because there's so many you know celebrities and stars and whatnot they go there for for quiet vacations away from all the hustle and bustle of the media and we we've, we've learned from that and also another destination called harbor island where what I believe the success is, is that Bill Gates can go to Harbour Island and sit at the bar, not be inundated by the media <laughs> and mix mix with a local with a local and, and, and share our culture and history with each other. Unfortunately, there's there's uh, cultural segregation on these private islands that um, the likes of RCL run where Bahamians uh, have a job picking up garbage or cleaning bathrooms or janitorial jobs that, yes, uh, such jobs are important to the economy, but if that's the only job that's being offered and we have to sit as Bahamians and watch chefs and waiters coming off the ship, bartenders, I mean, Bahamians can do those jobs also. Right. So right. I think there's a lot of cultural misappropriation, but I think that a resort, a place that has uh access where bahamians could can come as well as tourists i think is going to be the successful mix where we could all enjoy the place together
0: definitely yeah
1: yeah i think you've got a great prospect i think uh you know we're, we're on your side and uh whenever you get your decision back uh hopefully that's just a, a affirmation to the work that you're doing now you know it just continues your momentum
2: Well said. Yeah, I think it will be affirmation. I mean, we'd be we'd be guarded and uh, again, but we'll we'll we're we're certainly pressing on. And we're I'm not as far as I'm concerned, we have a valid lease and we're we're just going to start. Hopefully we do get a ruling which which affirms what our belief is. And if the ruling is perhaps not in our favor then we'll appeal it. We'll take it all the way to the Privy Council in, in, in England if necessary.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're rooting for you. Is there any way that our listeners can kind of support you in getting this lighthouse available?
2: Um, yes, there's several ways. I mean, we're on Facebook under Paradise Hog Island Lighthouse. We um, our, our website, just a you know a Google search will will bring us about paradise island Um I know that for your younger viewers Facebook or listeners, Facebook isn't necessarily the the, the platform, <laughs> but on on Instagram we're there. It's uh, PI Lighthouse. Um, just yeah, as much agitation and support as we can get. We'd really appreciate it. And um, I mean toby at paradise Island lighthouse.com and yeah there's lots of ways to reach uh, and we appreciate everybody that supports us
1: well we appreciate you coming on the show we'll uh, we'll definitely spread the word and we we uh, we always link
2: up all the things Thank we you can to find you both
1: yeah uh, we actually the show notes
2: we hosted our first uh, our first event venue Yesterday, where a uh, event company called Outstanding in the Field uh, partnered up with a local uh, celebrity chef here called Brentford Hall. And we had about 100 people on the beach getting served a six course meal uh, with a big, long table running down the beach um, right at the waterside. A beautiful sunset towards the end of the event. Uh, just a, a really nice, natural Bahamian prepared, uh, outstanding in the field meal.
1: <laughs> a day in paradise. Awesome. A
2: day, yeah, it was absolutely fabulous. I don't think it could have been better. And I'll send you guys pictures. I know they won't be able to see the pictures on the blog, but we're um, we, we're, we're positioning ourselves that we're going to start and not not wait up.
1: Yeah, but please do. So any any venture like this takes capital it takes some cash so yeah the efforts that you've taken so far um, are you maybe it's maybe it's your personal business and that's fine if that's the answer but are you seeking funding at this time or what's are there several phases of you know first comes the uh, keepers house or first comes the beach club for guests or, yeah. or what's first I guess
2: first is that yes we are raising capital we've got a lot of interest from uh i call them potential investors Mm -hmm. and that's simply because until that i can get the security that my lease is is validated i'm not accepting anybody's anybody's cash um i don't want it to seem as though i'm accepting cash and then they're put on the merry-go-round as myself Mm -hmm. so once i have affirmation of of my lease being validated then um we'll be raising capital through uh, a private placement where um, we're looking to raise three million dollars uh there'll be about an 18 month build-out period um and then we will start to service our loan we'll go and open the beach club first which will be generating revenues that we can put back into the, uh, the restoration of the lighthouse and fully restore the lighthouse with additional revenues that we're borrowing and alone. And then the beach club and lighthouse will be fully restored, access with the docks. And then, yes, it will be phases thereafter that where we see, you know, the greater success is being driven, then we can expand upon those and introduce uh, some other creative things also. So once we're in full swing, at the beach club will be just like a small i i would say a a a little village kind of thing Mm -hmm. with our own bahamian uh building techniques and architecture and then we'll be able to have like a resident artist doing a a three months or six months program over there uh with different mediums sculpture watercolors etc um but to really embrace what the bahamas has to offer that tourists like to see, experience, taste, smell, listen to um, over there. So it'll be a small, a small village. They say, um, they actually say that Hopetown is a, a, a small drinking village with a fishing problem. <laughs> <laughs> that will, um, that's the kind of, will, will be like a sort of a, a, a small Bahamian village over there with day cabanas and uh, yeah, food and beverage.
1: It's incredible. Sounds amazing. I, I, I would like to uh recognize your vision is so exciting uh for me to hear about and and be keeping up with you lately. And uh I, I want to share with our listeners that I think you're an incredible person. You're working so hard Aww. all the way from the sand to uh to the top of that lighthouse because
2: thank you
1: so I, much. I uh I sent you some emails. We we're trying to set up this call. and um first I wanted to speak on the phone to just check in you know make sure that that we could connect and and have this and I said hey uh, I'm in the airport and what I meant was that I'm in the airport on the way to see my family for Christmas and uh you were just leaving the site and I think that you had been working there it sounded like for the morning with your crew and you said well um if you're in the airport I we can get together uh I can come yeah. find you. I was like, "Wow, <laughs> that is very kind of you," with oh, no warning thanks, at all. Man.
2: But, I'm very uh, flattered. Thank yeah. you. We'll um we we go the extra mile, man. And and you know, someone's asked me recently. Well, you know, what experience do you have, Toby? And I I actually had to um calculate it in my mind how long I've been a captain for. So, I mean, I was I I learned how to drive a boat when I was about thirteen years old, a, a motorized boat. Um, and then I used to run a boat at 15 by myself for parasailing. I was the youngest captain in the front of Paradise Island for parasailing. So without giving, up, giving away my age, I've been doing this for decades. That You know, that's a good thing. And I, I also, Bahamas Air Sea Rescue, I used to be a duty officer there and a, and a boat captain for them too. So search and rescue, first responding after Hurricane Dorian, helping out with Abaco and whatnot. I think that the position of a lighthouse keeper is a is a big a big responsibility that I think that the the recognition that they get um, is is diminishing actually mm-hmm. with the automation of of many lighthouses or the dereliction of, of of lighthouses that yeah I want to be able to fit into that role where you know search and rescue and a and, and, and aid to navigation but having been out on the sea and seeing light i think is comforting especially in rough seas that it gives you a a, a a sense of safety knowing that perhaps somebody's there that if things were to go south that people will come out and help you
1: yeah, i agree with that all these uh, all these lighthouses that we cover often the the history that we cover ends with yep it was automated in 19 you know so ever or two, yeah. 2000 yeah. whatever Depending and now on the, it's like
0: local people are the ones that are stepping forward and trying to preserve the history and like all the culture that comes along with the lighthouses and we can see that you're doing that as well and i feel like all the ideas you have for preserving the lighthouse and the land and the ideas you have um are really great something that we're we're happy to stand behind
2: excellent well i really appreciate it I, I, unfortunately i mean i, I call it in my presentation the silent sentinel of the sea and. You know, what what they give and just sitting there silently, um, it, it is a lot. And yes, they, they are becoming more and more uh, automated, which I think is, is sad. But uh, one very important point for me is that they, they, they shouldn't be abandoned, nor should those that wish to restore and maintain and continue their legacy, should they be should they be blocked or impeded it should be embraced Mm -hmm. and and things done to hey that's a fabulous idea says the government let's jump behind this and and make it good for all but that's a that's a that's proven to be a very difficult thing to do unfortunately
1: well there's a lot of work it sounds like
0: yeah a lot of work to do
2: well it's a labor of love too so very frankly i mean when you look at it, it's it's 68 foot tall. It's, it's a round building, obviously, but um, I had my own painting company in the past. So, you know, painting it isn't going to be an issue. I've done sandblasting in the past. That's not going to be an issue. Um, it's it's mitigating the blockages rather than, you know, me being able to be set free and make the success that we can put on the world stage so that when... Guests visit the Bahamas. They can. It's the first thing that they see entering Nassau Harbor, as a historical building. It's a first impression that they could say, "Wow, look at that lovely lighthouse! It looks almost brand new."
1: We got the right man for the job. It sounds like, yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's not me that we need to convince, though, right? Yeah. (laughs) So we're we're plotting on, man. We'll press on regardless. Um, it, it it's had it's had its highs. It's it's also had its lows. That. It's only me. I don't have a I don't have uh, the engagement of a PR firm. All of the media that you see out there pretty much is just me behind it. Uh, I think it's important lesson to young people that, you know, don't give up on your aspirations to. um, I have to set an example for my daughter. I always tell her in life, like, you know, you never give up. You Keep on trying. So I have to keep on trying in all this lot. Uh, And I think that it's a good example to set and I'd encourage anybody, not necessarily just for lighthouses, but, you know, all your dreams and aspirations to, to follow them. And this has been an 11 year journey. It's, it's, it's been a lot of time that I've invested in it. uh, And I'm going to win. So, yeah, yeah.
0: absolutely. Yeah, we're, uh, we'll uh, link your website and your Instagram and all of that in our show notes so that our listeners can go and take a look and support you in that way. And um, you mentioned if you had pictures or something, you could email them to us because we have an Instagram where we post photos related to each episode so that listeners can actually see what we're talking about. So if you have any pictures you'd like to send our way so that listeners can see what we're talking about, then that'd be great.
2: Oh, excellent. Yeah. I mean, audio is great. Visual representation will be um, absolutely fabulous. And we've got the opportunity for that, too. Then, yes, Vincent and Emily, I really appreciate that.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for talking to us and being on our podcast.
2: It's my pleasure. I'm actually, I've actually got it. It's blowing like crazy. A, a coal front came in last night. Um, and we've got to go over and, and, and take some things that were left over from last night, um, bring it back to Nassau. So I'll be out there and I'll be thinking of you guys and your uh, and your listeners. I really appreciate your interest in this. And uh, I hope that one day soon that we can uh, bring some more good news. to what's going on over there?
1: Yeah, we'd love yeah. to catch up with you. We'll try to keep up, and uh, as you keep your project underway, please keep us in mind. Um, say hello to the lighthouse for us. Yeah. We wish you all the best. I
2: will. I will. I'll send you a real time photo today.
0: Awesome! Excellent. Thank, you, Thank so much. you so much, Excellent.
2: Toby. Thank you, Vincent. Thank you, Emily. I appreciate you. I appreciate your listeners. I appreciate lighthouse fans and. I think if we all get behind each other's projects and aspirations, that there's more uh, result that's going to come through unity and us doing it together. The Bahamian, what is that? Not slogan, but forward, upward, onward, together hmm. is our uh, national, I, I don't know what it's.
0: War cry. What would that be
2: called? <laughs> uh, well, yeah. A <laughs> war cry in this instance, yeah. So we'll, um, we'll continue plodding on ahead.
1: Great. Well, you have a nice weekend, Toby. We appreciate
0: it.
2: Thank you very much. Have a lovely weekend too. All the very best to you both. And uh, again, thank you. Cheers. That was great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: That was a lot of fun. He is a a very special person. It was nice of him to first email with us and then talk to us about actually recording. And then intentionally I did not talk to him other than the Mm -hmm. one phone call about just kind of seeing how we'd all sound on the phone, make sure we're all good to go. Um, have a conversation. So
0: he's got a very pleasant laugh.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's That's how you know. Great voice.
0: The quality of somebody is their laugh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's why mine is so annoying. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm sorry for that, everyone. Uh, I did want to mention it's a it's a loose promise from me, Vince, that I'm working with YouTube. <laughs> <Bailey>. <laughs>
0: I'm
1: working with YouTube. We're going to be uploading. Um, I've, I, for sure, I can say we're going to do this episode. And so we're going to be on YouTube. I'm going to say from now on, and we're not doing live video. I don't think you want to see my face for that long, but we are going to do still photos of the content that we reference. So as I say, oh, the lighthouse was blank in the 1883, then I'm going to show you the lighthouse in 1883 best I can. So photos will go along, uh, with the podcast audio, which I think is a really I've heard that's a fun way to follow along because that way you do not have to watch a video, but if we mention something that you want to see, look down, you'll probably see it. So, It's a good idea. Yeah. If I can explore other ways to do that that are not on YouTube, I may, but for now that's my uh that's my primary. Yeah. Effort. It's a good plan. So.
0: I would do that if I listen to podcasts. Yeah,
1: personally. <laughs> <laughs> You're at work, you open a new tab, YouTube, you know.
0: Casually. <laughs>
1: But yeah. that's all I wanted to say. Do you have anything else you want to mention?
0: Mm, nope.
1: Are we still doing stickers?
0: Yeah. <laughs> you mean of um, Standard Rock? Yeah, Standard Rock. Yeah. If you donate to Standard Rock Restoration, then go ahead and send me a screenshot and I'll send you a sticker.
1: If you haven't watched that episode, you should check it out.
0: Yeah. That's pretty much all there is to it. All right. Yeah. So you should check us out on Instagram at the Lighthouse Lowdown. You can go to our website, podpage.com slash The Lighthouse Lowdown, Mm -hmm. where you can listen to all of our episodes and also find out where else you can listen to us, like Apple and Google and all of that stuff. And that's it. (laughs) That's it. Bye. Thanks for listening. And we hope you catch us next time on The Lighthouse Lowdown.